305 Life is a health and wellness lifestyle brand that celebrates the ethos of Miami and seeks to inspire consumers to get the most out of life by staying active and hydrated. 305 Life comes in easily portable individual packs that can be mixed into water or your favorite beverage. One packet per day mixed with 12 ounces of either still or sparkling water is recommended. 305 Life brings the best quality product and flavor to its consumers with three products, including Everyday Life, flavors are Raspberry Guava, Everyday Recovery Booster, Pineapple Coconut, and Everyday Energy, Acai Punch. Visit 305-life.com. Don't forget to use code 305genius for 20% off. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Dr. Sanaz Hariri. Uh, she's a Harvard and Stanford graduate uh, who specializes in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. And she's an integral advisor to a company called 305 Life. And the website is uh, 305-life.com. So we're going to talk about uh, her work. So, Sanas, thanks for coming. Pleasure. Great to meet you. Yeah, if you would, tell me a bit about your background and how you got interested in uh, you know, sports rehabilitation type work. Yeah, so I was born in Tehran and um, came over here with my family at age two. I grew up loving football. By chance, my parents had season tickets to the 49ers, and I decided that my path in life was for sure to be a football player. And... Um, the, the problem is, is that I was better fit to be a ballet dancer, which actually I, I did do. Uh, when I didn't make the Pop Warner team, shockingly, I decided that perhaps other fields might be better suited to me. And I noticed that on the sidelines, Dr. Michael Dillingham, the, the team doctor, seemed to have the perfect job, which is his job was to stand there and watch football all day. And to an eight-year-old, this was very compelling. So I, I decided to get in touch with him when I was in junior high, and he would graciously enough let me follow him. So I was able to stay in touch with him throughout high school, um, go to his clinics, and really learn what it meant to be um, an orthopedic, what it meant to be a, an orthopedic surgeon, and just captivated. And so even my eighth grade thesis was on turf injuries on um, for football players, and as that relates to natural grass. So this has just been something that I've been working towards since I was a young kid. Now, for me, you know, this is humbling to be on this podcast, uh, that the genius title, uh, what I feel in terms of my path, and what potentially um, uniquely qualifies me to talk about knees and shoulders is because I really believe that growing up, what, what I did, I wanted to make sure that I could honestly say that I was as good as anybody in the world. And to me, that means just working as hard, if not harder than anybody could possibly work. And so in training, that means just studying the hardest, doing the most hands-on cases. And I always just push myself. So my undergrad, I went to Harvard for undergrad. I went to Stanford for medical school. 
Then I went back to Harvard for five years um, for my residency. And there's a little funny anecdote. So when I matched for my residency, I immediately called the Harvard office and I said, I want to do my internship um, at Mass General Hospital. And the internship is the first year of any surgical residency. Um, it's general surgery to begin with. And the lady on the other line said, oh, yeah, no problem. Well, we could get you Mass Gen. And I said, well, how's that possible? Like, I'm, I'm excited about that. But, you know, why what, am I the first to call? And she says, no we've already gotten 10 requests from other people not to be at MassGen. So um, MassGen is just a brutal, brutal internship, um, but it is man's greatest hospital, MGH. And it was one of those things where I just feel like if I'm going to do something, I want to get the absolute best training and, you know, how brutal it is, inconsequential. So I did my residency at at Harvard, um, stayed there for a year to do a knee replacement fellowship. And then I came back to Stanford and I did a sports arthroscopy fellowship. So I've been in private practice for 12 years and basically longitudinal knee care, everything from sports injuries to total knees and, and, and trying to keep people out of the OR. That's a huge emphasis of my practice. And then in shoulder issues as well. So rotator cuffs and, and labral tears and arthritis of the shoulder. So those are all under my purview. Interestingly, just March 15th, a book came out called Brilliance Beyond Borders. And I'm super thrilled to be involved in that. A couple of years ago, the author called me and she's a, an immigrant late, um, a woman who is also an immigrant. And her, she's a journalist. And her dream, she said, was to put together a guidebook, a so-called guidebook for other people coming over. And when they arrived to say, well, what are different paths I could take in the United States? What are what are some experiences I can learn for, from? And so she interviewed me a couple of years ago and I thought, okay, well, this is a great project. I hope it happens. And then just last year, I got an email from the publisher that it had just, it was going to be published. And I was just so excited to be able to share all the things that I feel that worked well for me um, with everybody, people who are immigrants okay. who have been here. So what is, uh, what is 305 Life? Is that what you'd like to focus on for this podcast? Sure. So I'm happy to focus on 305 life and um, knee and shoulder issues, um, all three of those fields across the board. So what happy to do a a give and take on all three of those fields. Um, So 305 life is a nutritional supplement that is meant to give a, a fun twist on nutritional supplements, potentially for people who don't usually see that in their, in their wheelhouse, uh, because of the flavors that, that have brought, have been, have been um, formulated for it. So 305 Life is backed by, by Pitbull. And he, of course, is Mr. 305. And so the flavors are really fun. So it's combining some ingredients, which I'm about to go into with, with flavors that are approachable. So raspberry guava, pineapple, coconut, and there's actually even formulas online, um, recipes for fun mixed drinks that you can have. So why I really like the 305 Life line is because it, it involves ingredients that are very helpful in terms of getting, keeping people away from the OR, ironically, given that I'm a surgeon. So for example, resveratrol. So I think you might've heard about the French paradox. Um, the French paradox is People in France 
seem to be able to drink um, and eat fatty foods that many of us would have considered would be really high cardiovascular risk, but they don't seem to have the same cardiovascular profile that an average American would have. And potentially one of the things is that their their drink intake has resveratrol, the 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 red wine nutrient. And for example, one of the blue zones, um, Sardinia, where people live to over a hundred at 10 times the rate of America has their wine with a Grenache grape that has two to three times the level of resveratrol. And so that's an ingredient that's prominent in all of the 305 Life um, supplements, quercetin as well. So these are all polyphenols, plant-based supplements that are very powerful antioxidants. Okay, so 305 Life is for what uses? Is it like a powder you put into drinks or what is it? What does it do? That's exactly right. It's a it's a powder that you put into drinks and, you know, even mixed drinks. Uh, the 305 Life, the everyday life, um, is really high in vitamin C and zinc, uh, which during the pandemic was particularly exciting to have because it, it boosts your immune system. The everyday recovery is high in vitamin B complex. And then there's everyday energy, which is the one that has a caffeine boost in it, um, much of it from, from green tea sources. So it's a powder you put into drinks, uh, put into either salts or water, um, clear water, and it gives you a palatable way to get these supplements into your system. 305 Life is a health and wellness lifestyle brand that celebrates the ethos of Miami and seeks to inspire consumers to get the most out of life by staying active and hydrated. 305 Life comes in easily portable individual packs that can be mixed into water or your favorite beverage. One packet per day mixed with 12 ounces of either still or sparkling water is recommended. 305 Life brings the best quality product and flavor to its consumers with three products, including Everyday Life, flavors are raspberry guava, Everyday Recovery Booster, pineapple coconut, and Everyday Energy, acai punch. Visit 305-life.com. Don't forget to use code 305genius for 20% off. Okay, and, and what is it used for? Is it just, you know, for overall health? Or there is there like a sleep one, uh, an energy one, an immunity one? Like, how is it marketed? That's exactly right. So the one for every day is called Everyday Life. And that's one that really helps um, boost your immune system. Uh, the recovery one is that if you've had um, a, a, a metabolic stress, you've worked out, then then that has a lot of vitamin B complex in it that will help you regain your stores. And then, of course, um, there's the energy one um, that has both natural and um, plant-based caffeine. Okay. And, and what's your role on the project on 305 Life? What's your, what's your particular genius you've applied to it? Well, for me, what I want to be able to bring to people who use 305 Life and log on to the website is an understanding of the words that we often see thrown around in supplements. So let me give you an example of that. You hear a lot of people say, oh, this is a great antioxidant. And so what I'd like to bring to it, and, and I have these posts on their blog, is what actually is oxidation? So when there's a, a, an, an atom, there are protons and neutrons in the center, and then a cloud of electrons that circle around those protons and um, neutrons. When something is reduced, it means that an electron is added. When something is 
oxidized, it means that an electron is taken away. And when you have an electron taken away from an atom, then that atom becomes a free radical because it is missing an electron. And that atom is now on a mission, a scavenger, if you will, to go out there and restore its natural stability, to steal an electron from somewhere else and hence destabilize something else adjacent. And so if you have free radicals in your system, then what happens is that vital structures such as your DNA are being preyed upon to restore the natural balance of this atom. And what you want is an antioxidant. So for example, the uh, resveratrol and um, the quercetin that you find in all of the 305 Life supplements that will go around and quench these free radicals, these scavengers, so that they don't feed on you. And so I'm hoping that that's one thing I can help bring to the public is an scientific understanding of why these supplements help. So how long has 305 Life been out? And, uh, you know, any interesting feedback you've gotten from clients? So it's been out approximately a year. And um, the, the best thing that I can say about it is that people are really happy that all the ingredients are in one place that they value. Um, people who have done a lot of research and people who have just casually looked into it. So immune system boost, antioxidant, and replenishing natural vitamin B sources, um, stores. And this is one of those things where you don't have to go into a supplement store and on your own decide to take many supplements to get this same um, effect. It's, it's done for you. So it's a convenience of it. And then what differentiates it as well is how palatable these tastes are. Okay. And again, as any good feedback from customers, anything interesting? Yeah. So people who are on it, who are non-supplement people, people who just generally didn't get into this, but they did because of the association with Pitbull or just the flavors of it will say that they just, they get hooked onto it. They just feel better. And, you know, that's not something that they had anticipated. This was, they weren't the traditional weightlifters who um, had been taking these shakes that may or may not have had very palatable profiles, but these are people who really had never ventured into this field. And because of the buzz around 305 as, as connected with Pitbull that they've tried it. And they said, Hey, I just feel better. I have more energy. I feel um, more healthy and um, I'm able to recover easier on days where I potentially didn't get as much sleep or that I did a, a particularly more strenuous workout. And this is not like the usual person who would take supplements. And so that's what we're reaching out to is, is the, really the weekend warrior, the person who is just trying to be the best selves and not sure elite athletes as well, if they chose to, but this is really for everyday people. And that's reflected in the, the names, everyday life, everyday recovery and everyday energy. Okay. Gotcha. And people can go to uh, 305-life.com to get the supplements. And is there any I don't know if there's the code for listeners. If there is, let me know. If not, you know, it's okay. Sure. I will definitely ask uh, the powers that be. Turning towards the uh, orthopedic side, what's interesting about your work with uh, shoulders and knees and maybe hips and things like that? Like, what are you seeing that is trending and people are having problems with? 
So I'd love to talk about one misperception about a word um, that's very commonly out there. So arthritis. And um, I know that the word arthritis is prevalent, but an understanding of it is not prevalent. And it's so much of what my job revolves around. So arthritis is quite simply cartilage thinning out or being damaged. And um, I'll have people that we're going to do that, that have arthritis and that we're planning arthroscopy. And they say, hey, doc, can you just scrape out the arthritis? And so I'd love to be able to help people understand the pathophysiology of that. So arthritis is cartilage thinning out. And cartilage can thin out for a wide range of reasons. But the most common reason is osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis is wear and tear. It's a cartilage thinning out because you are using it. And you may not even be using it significantly, but your genetics might have a a weaker cartilage structure, so less highly cross-linked, and it wears out easier. And in that case, over time, little by little, you will lose the cartilage thickness. And at one point, and everybody's heard this word, it's bone on bone. And the key is not to get there uh, because the the one solution we have right now, and it's stunning to patients when we chat about this because it just seems in 2022, don't, don't we have any better? We simply don't. It's a knee replacement. Knee replacements are very effective surgeries, but they have a lifespan of 15 to 20 years on average because they loosen. And it's a pretty challenging six weeks of recovery. Um, nobody's ever happy that they had a knee replacement in those first six weeks. It's much better than it had been in the past. Our techniques are MIS, minimally invasive surgery. We're getting them in through the smallest possible incisions at this point, doing quad sparing, meaning not cutting into the quad. But the fact of the matter is you're still having your knee resurface. You still don't have your natural anatomy. And I would love the listeners to get into how you can not get to that point. And so let me share with you some things. So for example, it's wear and tear. It's osteoarthritis in most cases. Keep your weight and keeping your weight down is actually very diet um, dependent. And so I'd, I'd recommend people to look into things like Michael Pollan's food rules with a very simple message, which is eat food. So very powerful. Food is something that is not made in a factory. It actually is made organically. Uh, So food in general doesn't have labels on it. Apples don't have labels on it. Chicken doesn't have labels on it. So in general, try to avoid eating things that have labels on them. So eat food, uh, mostly plants. So, and I've seen that there's been other people on your, on your great podcast that are plant-based advice, um, dietitians that just really good advice on that. So eat plants because Plants have a lot of these supplements naturally occurring in them and and then eat less because this is just pure calories in, calories out. And gosh, any of us who've been on a treadmill and looked at that calorie ticker going up, you have to work really, really hard to eat like one or two cookies, you know, losing weight is helped by exercise, but really the basis of it is um, diet. And not like you're starving yourself diet that just never works, but it's revamping the way you look at your diet. Okay. So in terms of uh, the surgeries that you do and when you help people with arthritis, et cetera, 
uh, do you talk to them about diet or do you deal more with just the, you know, the surgery and the, the recovery and the physical therapy aspects of things? No, as for as many people as I see who are coming in to see me for surgery, just as many are coming to see me to ask me how they can defer or avoid surgery. And so at least half of my job is talking about ways to defer surgery. So let me give you my, my, my advice on that. So keep the weight down, keep the impact down. So over time, you may have loved to play soccer or basketball. Well, maybe at some point it's time to do things that are lower impact, like a swimming, elliptical, biking. So runners will often find a passion for biking. So decrease the impact on your joints. This is purely mechanical. Minimize the inflammation in your body. So again, plant-based diets are really helpful with that, certain plant-based diets and decreasing refined sugars, decreasing um, processed foods, and then use supplements or natural supplements um, to decrease uh, the level of inflammation in your body. And knee sleeves. It's interesting. I'll have people come in um, who have spent hundreds of dollars on very advanced knee sleeve, um, knee braces. And often just a simple knee sleeve is as good if not better, because it doesn't decondition you. It doesn't give enough support that it's letting that it's not letting your muscles do the work. And so a wraparound knee sleeve, not Velcro, just a, a circumferential knee sleeve that you pull on, um, very easily available. I would always say size up because you don't want it to be like a tourniquet, but can actually make a huge difference in terms of compression and proprioceptive feedback. And then a great physical therapist to get you a protocol for quad and hip strengthening. And if that's not economic or, or available to you, then maybe you go online and do Pilates. The, the National Health System, NHS in England, has invested a lot of money on free online Pilates videos um, that people can do without any equipment needed. And they even have them tailored for people with back pain or knee pain. So you keep the muscles around your knee strong. And these are all just preventative um, measures so that you can either defer or avoid knee replacement. Well, do you offer this to your clients? Do you talk to them about it? Or it's, you know, the point they come to you, it's too late and you got to do the surgery or the rehab and stuff like that. You know, um, I would say most people come to me because it's time for a knee replacement. They're bone on bone at that point. And so this is really fun for me to be able to talk to a larger audience of people, hopefully before that point, who can really kind of even take a look at your family history, because, you know, famously history repeats itself. And a lot of this predisposition is genetic. So take a look around. Did your mother have bad knees? Have they... Your mother, your grandmother had knee replacements because it's coming down the pike potentially. And so get ahead of that before you have to see an orthopedic surgeon for it. You know, the other thing is, is that um, a lot of people who are older who don't think that they can have surgery and potentially they can't, maybe they have cardiac issues or history of stroke or not nobody to take care of them or they flat out just don't want it. Sad for me when they're just not doing anything anyways, because they feel like if they see a surgeon, then surgery is the only option. And it really isn't. We have injections such as cortisone and then hyaluronic acid, which is a natural lubricant that we can do. And I have actually 
a little, I feel like I'm the team doctor of the nuns in the area. I have a bunch of them in their eighties and nineties who have decided probably quite, quite correctly that surgery is not for them. They'll come in every six months and get cortisone. And then two weeks later, a series of the hyaluronic acid injections, which are fully covered under Medicare. And they, it turns the things around. They're able to go on walks. They're able to have lunch with their friends. They're not homebound. And that's, that's as gratifying to me as it is to be able to surgically treat somebody. Just, it's all the same, you know, it's, it's getting somebody back to the level of function that they miss. Do you see that surgery is just as good as dietary intervention and prevention? So surgery is really the only option for people who are advanced arthritic and have tried therapy, weight loss, and injections. And then at that point, their quality of life is still not sufficiently um, at the level that they want. And that's it. Then you do surgery and you just throw yourself into the rehab the other options are are should all be tried before you get to that stage. Okay, because I was just wondering if you if you you know it sounds like you know the, the common advice is it's better to uh, hit it early on than wait to the last minute and you have nothing left except surgery and pain and rehab. That's exactly right. Um, you really should be thinking prevention early on, and a lot of this is because once inflammatory cascade is tri- um, is started is commenced, it really snowballs. And the more degenerative factors you have in your knee, like IL-6 and cytokines and metalloproteases, those feed on each other and create more and more um, inflammation and more and more destruction in the joint. So you're absolutely right. Get in front of it early. Keep the low impact on your joints, whether that be decreasing impact activities or your weight, have the healthy diet. Like, these are all things that you should be doing before the cascade really gets out of control. So when you do surgery on someone, do you encourage them to improve their diet, do other stuff? Or by that point, you just do the surgery and the rehab and that's it? Well, so I tell people that the reason why the knee is going gonna, is gonna to fail over time inevitably is that it's cemented in place. And in the past, um, the polyethylene insert, basically the high-grade plastic that we put between the two metal um, that used to be our rate limiting step that it would wear with time. And at this point, we have figured out how to sterilize it and do- dope it with vitamin E, which is another an- great antioxidant. And the, the liners are, are, are working really well and are lasting much longer than we'd ever seen before. Now, the cause of failure at this point, the rate limiting step is the cement. With time, it will crack. And these little micro cracks will become macro cracks and there will be loosening of the joint over time. And especially in younger males um, who, once they get their knee replaced, they're like, all right, now I get my life back. And they forget about it and they they do all these high impact activities. And so, yes, um, my sort of parting words during, you know, the, the end of the rehab is, hey, preserve this knee. Don't do high impact activities. Keep your weight down keep your muscles toned so that it minimizes um, strain on the knee. So um, yeah, it's all about preserving the implant because a total knee is a tough thing to go through, but a revision knee is, which is what happens when a knee becomes loose is, is even a bigger challenge and it has much higher risks, particularly of infection. And what do you mean? What, What happens to someone that has a knee replacement and they've gotten to the point 15 years later, they need a new one. 
the technology should have been upgraded. So is it harder for them to get a second knee replacement or what's the issues? It's not that um, per se, it's, it's harder. It's a harder surgery, but there's scar tissue. And when the old implant comes loose, a lot of the times the cement loosens with a chunk of bone. And so you don't have the same native tissue. So that scars in a very different way than native tissue does. And um, the other thing is that you have bone loss because you've already cut a certain amount of bone to do the initial knee replacement. Chunks of cement might have taken off more bone and then there has to be more bone cut to create fresh surfaces for the new knee replacement. So it's that you've already taken away um, a lot of the natural anatomy and now you're taking even more. So it's a much more challenging surgery and recovery. All right. And what about shoulders? What kind of shoulder issues do you deal with? So I deal with a lot of rotator cuff issues and I'm glad you asked about that because you know, by the time they come and see me, I'm a surgeon. It's usually a structural issue. They've torn something. Um, now, sure, if you're falling and you grab something and you tear your shoulder, um, rotator cuff, well, that's an acute injury. There's really not much way that you can prevent that. But what I'm talking about is that wear and tear, um, rotator cuff tearing over time. And so in general, with weight training, And even now with the pandemic that so many people are working from home, there's a lot of tendonitis issues. It's a lot of it is just understanding the mechanics of the shoulder. So when your elbows are by your side, you have a tremendously better mechanical advantage than when your arm is outstretched and you're lifting something. So for example, if you're going to lift a very heavy bag of groceries, try not to do that with your elbow extended, because now the lever arm is that much higher and the stress on the rotator cuff is that much higher. You know, if you're getting along um, in age and you're doing your exercises and you wanna have the best mechanical advantage, keep your elbows by your side as much as possible, biceps, triceps, rowing. I see a lot of people who have done a lot of weight training who have really early osteoarthritis, again, wearing of the cartilage inside the shoulder. And this, this analogy makes a lot of sense to people. So you hear a lot of people getting hip and knee replacements, but it's not as common to be getting a shoulder replacement. Um, The reason why is that you don't walk on your shoulders, whereas you walk on your hips and knees. And so A, you're not in general, usually loading your shoulders much, you're not wearing it out. Um, And B, even if you did wear it out, you're not obliged so much to do surgery because you can modify your activity. Again, Keep your elbows by your side for any significant lifting activities. Avoid repetitive activities, particularly over shoulder levels, such as, you know, reaching up high to prune a tree or paint a house. Um, Don't be lifting heavy objects over shoulder level. You're really stressing out one of the rotator cuff muscles called the supraspinatus, which tends to do most of the work and is the smallest of the tendons. All of these are just preventative strategies that allow you to activity modify and potentially not have to do a shoulder replacement. But you know, as you said, it's better even yet not to get to that point where you're talking shoulder replacement. So um, ergonomics at home for all these people who are working from home now, a lot of money was put into commercial office buildings for ergonomic. And that simply is just blown up when you go home. So just some quick tips for your, your, your listeners. Um, Keep your elbows 
by your side as much as you can when you're mousing and when you're when you're typing every inch that your elbows away from your body you're straining the rotator cuff and in general try to focus on your posture and close your eyes with a very very good posture and then open them again and that screen should be very close to right in front of you and if it's not you know get some textbooks load up your elevate your screen so that you don't have the strain on your neck and the strain on your shoulder that's you know why those office pull out trays are there for the keypad and for the the mouse um, again so that you're not straining your rotator cuff and you know, bad ergonomics is not going to get you a tear anytime soon. Um, it would have to take quite a while, but it does cause tendonitis. And that's not that's not an easy thing to live with. And um, so prevention. Yeah, but once people have these problems, you're just saying there's nothing they can do. They just have to limit their motion and that's it. Just oh, no. live a, a reduced life or what? No, definitely not. So um, there's so many interventions. Um, so, if, for example, if it's tendonitis, one thing to do is definitely do a one or two week course of an anti-inflammatory to really squash it to begin with and do physical therapy. So when the shoulder is moving, one third of that motion is not even going through the shoulder, but it's going through your periscapulars, the, the muscles around your scapula. And a really skilled therapist usually get that um, advice from a friend who's had therapy, somebody that they really clicked with or an orthopedic surgeon who knows the landscape in your area very well. But the talented um, physical therapist will be able to strengthen the compensatory muscles that allows that particular rotator cuff muscle to to rest and calm down and not take all the strain. And so absolutely, um, anti-inflammatories, physical therapy, um, the next option would be cortisone injections to cut down the inflammation. Um, it's definitely not our first line because it is degenerative over time. You don't want to be doing a lot of cortisone around tendons. Um, it tends to wear them all away. But, you know, one time, potentially two time dose of cortisone is pretty negligible. And then if it is a tear, then that's when a surgeon gets involved and does a repair. And, you know, the technology we have right now for repairs is just absolutely beautifully elegant. Arthroscopy is you know, when I when I started training, that was when that real transition was coming where people no longer cut through the deltoid and opened up to look at the rotator cuff, they could do it arthroscopically. And, and the elegance of that surgery is 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 really fun to watch and to be a part of. Well, very good. Uh, Sinus, what's the best way for people to find out more about your clinic and your work if they need help? And then, you know, I'll reiterate about 305 Life after that. Your clinic, how can they find out more? So I'm in private practice in the Bay Area in Los Gatos, and uh, my website is www.dr, so Dr. S-A-N-A-Z.com. You know, wherever you are, um, find an orthopedic surgeon to examine you and potentially, if needed, get x-rays and an MRI to figure out what's really going on. Because if you go to a physical therapist without that, it's really not fair to you in terms of your time or to the therapist, because it's a bit of a black box, and they can just give you what's generic, but they can't really hone down, in many cases, um, what they're really treating. And so don't, don't go in blindly, get get a workup done first. And I would say also is that do your do your physical therapy, even after it ends, um, because those sort of things will recur, 
with many of the overuse um, issues if you don't keep up with your therapy. So for example, like um, I have a lot of people who have patellofemoral syndrome, um, about 90% of knee pain is because of patellar maltracking. The kneecap, the patella is not tracking in the groove of the femur. So hence patellofemoral syndrome. And people will come in and say, hey, doc, um, I have pain kneeling, squatting, going downstairs, going downhills. It's in the front of my knee. And oftentimes it's people who have just started running or have ramped up their running. Um, so it's often called runner's knee. But, you know, people who are not running at all will get runner's knee, just like people who don't golf get, you know, golfer's elbow. But that's a kneecap tracking issue. And when you go to therapy and they help you strengthen your quads and your hip abductors, the gluteus medius, that will help your kneecap track better and you'll feel better. You'll be able to get back to activity. But then once that muscle mass starts declining again, those symptoms can recur. And so, you know, when you're finished with therapy, either record yourself or somehow take notes about things that your routine that's working so that afterwards, if symptoms do recur, life gets busy and you stop doing your exercises, um, then you can get back into the routine. Okay, well, very good. And then we, you know, I want to mention again, as we talked about in the beginning, 305-life.com for the, uh, you know, the pitbull back supplements, the powders. So yeah, uh, Sinus, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Any, any last words or things you want to bring up for people that we didn't cover? Well, you know, one thing that um, I was reading your story that that definitely touched me was that, you know, you had seen, you kind of um, had great intuition about your doctors in terms of the limits of medical training, you know, we're, we're taught a certain, a certain wealth of information, but it's not all the information out there. And we're trained in an apprenticeship system. And so we really learn from the people above us in residency and medical school and our fellowships. And so, for example, you know, supplements that could be helpful, um, that can even help you with things like chemotherapy to make your chemotherapy less difficult or even more effective. For example, look, the huge opioid pandemic that's out here um, in the United States and and really sadly taking so many lives. Um, and yet in medicine, you know, we very rarely have the training to be able to tell people, well, narcotics and meds are not the only thing that can potentially be helpful. You know, there's supplements that can also supplement, meaning that it's not the mainstay, but they're supplementary that can help significantly. So for example, um, I live in California, CBD products are legal without even a prescription. And I'll tell my total knee patients, look, you can take narcotics after surgery, you could take Ambien to get to sleep, and you'll need, you know, significant Western meds for that. But why don't you think about getting CBD gummies with a little THC to help you get to sleep? Um, doesn't have that addiction profile, doesn't have the side effects of constipation and dizziness. Um, am I at any, um, did I have training in that? Can I tell them exactly what the milligrams are? You know, I, I've learned that over time. But if I hadn't really reached beyond the training that I've had and kept an open mind about that, that wouldn't have been offered to my patients. And so I encourage people to certainly consult with your physician, take the advice. Don't think that, you know, for example, the famous case of pancreatic cancer being treated with supplements is going to go well for you, but use the supplements because the plant world has figured out a lot 
that we should really be paying attention to. I know that you've had these um, great series on CRISPR technology. Well, where did CRISPR come from? It's because bacteria have been fighting viruses for millions of years, and they figured out a way to have a mini immune system of their own. And I would encourage people to really dig into what's out there in the plant um, world to help supplement Western medicine. Okay. Well, very good. No, it's always nice to talk to a practitioner that's open, more open-minded than just, you know, standard of care type stuff, because it doesn't seem like everyone's situation is solved by standard of care. So people that are more open to other modalities, uh, their patients may have a better, you know, uh, go of it. So I'm glad that you do. Well, what well, an honor. Uh, to thank you for coming on the podcast, and I appreciate being here. And I really appreciate um, you having me on and giving me this platform to 305 Life is a health and wellness lifestyle brand that celebrates the ethos of Miami and seeks to inspire consumers to get the most out of life by staying active and hydrated. 305 Life comes in easily portable individual packs that can be mixed into water or your favorite beverage. One packet per day mixed with 12 ounces of either still or sparkling water is recommended. 305 Life brings the best quality product and flavor to its consumers with three products, including Everyday Life, Flavors are raspberry guava, everyday recovery booster, pineapple coconut, and everyday energy, acai punch. Visit 305-life.com. Don't forget to use code 305genius for 20% off. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.